Amen. Hey, once again, we're in our study, World Religions, Colts and the Uncle. Number 16 is titled what? Wow, you guys, like we've been this a uh, hundred times, you guys are getting it right. This is great. And or you can read. That's a good sign. That's right. Hey, but that's right. We are in Voodoo Vampires and the Rise of Demon Worship following our 20-week study on witchcraft, 16 weeks on Satanism. Who's counting? I am because I taught it. That's right. That's what we do. And we're going to do a recap. So far, we've seen in our study Voodoo Vampires and the Rise of Demon Worship, the existence of demons. Why do we even have to start there? Because what's the trend in the church? Once again, here's the stat. It's almost exactly on the same spot every week on the board. 65% of those who profess to be Christians do not believe in a literal devil. I wonder who put that idea in their head. Shocker. Okay, and so do you think they believe in demons? Absolutely not. Everything is just something physical, some sort of you know, explained aberration. No, sometimes it's not, as Paul says in Ephesians 6, just a what spirit, physical thing. It's what? Spiritual in nature. That really does exist. So then we took a look at their character was the next thing. Satan's not only got an evil character. Guess what? The demons, the fallen angels who follow him, guess what? They got the evil character as well. So it isn't just him out there messing things up. Hey, they're out there messing things up, and there's a bunch more uh, of them as well. But praise God, God's angels, holy angels who stayed with him and didn't rebel, uh, greatly outnumber them. Okay, so then we took a look at the tactics. Okay, so how, how do they mess with this? What are they up to? As we saw the unfortunate news, be, partly because of the church, not just the world not believing in spiritual warfare, demons and Satan and all that kind of stuff, but partly because the church is what? The church keeps their mouth shut on these issues, even though they're all over the scripture. Now it's made it easier for the occult to basically invade the church. And as we saw that, not just witches, not just Satanists are now coming into the church, dictating, controlling, uh, and churches are even emulating the teachings of witchcraft and Satanism, but so it is with demons. Demons have now infiltrated the church. They feel very comfortable in church. Why? Because you don't teach the Bible, right? And they certainly don't even sing songs about Jesus or mention his name. It's just all generic and bl- that makes them feel comfortable. Why? Because there's only one name under heaven that demons must cower and obey and flee, and there's only one name under heaven that people might be saved. It's the name of Jesus Christ. So who do you think has got churches to neuter uh, and not teach the word of God, but they don't even mention the name of Jesus Christ, okay? It's a demonic invasion. We've already dealt with that. Then the last time we saw what we've been dealing with in our voodoo vampires and the rise of demon worship study is, well, how in the world did we get into this mess? We're not just now witches and Satanists, but now demons, not just infiltrating the world, but how they get into the church. How is it that they're actually running the show, so to speak, okay? Well, we saw, if you were here last time, uh, it started with the Romantics, not that cool 80s group, okay? And, uh, but these guys, uh, you don't want to emulate these guys, and you certainly don't want to bebop to what they believed in. They were into art and literature and things of that nature to get their message. Their message was Satan was a good guy, right? Satan's a hero, right? He rebelled against God. Following that God stuff, that's boring. You need to be the ultimate rebel. Be like Satan. Well, that's actually where the birth of Satanism started, okay? And the same time, you're going to see people begin to veer off and go into this occult worship that we've been dealing with in our voodoo vampires and the rise of demons uh, study. Now, we saw they got that idea last time from these guys. People began in the 1600s, began to turn away from the Bible as a source of truth. And they came, the first movement that came around was, no, don't, don't listen to the Bible, listen to these guys. And these guys, basically, the rationalists said that truth comes by man's brain. Okay, as so we saw last time. Then at the same time, we had the flip of the coin. These guys, the empiricists came by and they said, no, 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 no. truth comes by man's experience. Okay, And then at the same time all this was going down, here comes the birth of evolution, uh, which now further got people to turn away and doubt the Bible, which shoved them even further into the rationalist and the empiricist movement. Okay, But since God, as we saw, set eternity in the hearts of men so that we would seek him out, 
okay? Mankind knew like, wait a second, I, uh, there's got to be more to life than from the goo to the zoo to me and you. So they, 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 they couldn't completely denigrate uh, this inward knowledge that there's got to be something more to life, i.e. spiritual. Unfortunately, it led to this movement, spiritualism. And again, unfortunately, they realized that there's got to be a spirit world. There's got to be more to life. And instead of going back to the scripture, they continue to deviate off course. And now, basically, they're trying to get truth from beyond the grave. Obviously, it's going to be demons that we're going to communicate with. Of course, you don't call them demons. You just call them what? Spirits or ghosts or deceased loved ones. All that is unbiblical. We'll see that again tonight. But that's what they've been doing. And still to this day, there's sitcoms, there's uh, reality shows and all this stuff that's being uh, promoted uh, today that you seek truth, not from God, not from the Bible, but straight from the demons with these occult methodologies. Okay. Then we saw that was bad enough. Then you got the ultimate horrible combo. Then you got a movement of the people that believe that what we need to do, and it's called secular psychology came, and this is all going on at the same time, that we're going to take, not the Bible, the Bible isn't going to tell us, but we're going to use man's brain, man's experience, and spiritualism, i.e. occult techniques, and we're going to use that to develop a new science called secular psychology that's going to help us fix man's brain and man's experience. How many guys would say that's a bad combo? Yeah, it is. And we saw in great detail, once again, that was promoted by Sigmund Freud and Carl Jung. And these guys, uh, and I'll say it, was uh, at best drug addicts, uh, but most likely uh, possibly insane. Uh, and I would even, definitely with Jung, was possessed. Uh, and we've dealt with it. We dealt with that in great detail. If you're here last time, these guys were uh, whacked. Okay, and I'm supposed to listen to them above the word of God, but that's what was going on. Now, what we're going to deal with tonight, so again, here's how it went. In the 1600s, how do we get in the mess that we're getting, that people are actually listening to demons, worshiping demons, letting demons infiltrate, not the world, just the church. Okay, it's because they deviated off the Bible. They said, no, I'm going to discover truth, not from the Bible, but from man's brain. No, 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 I'm going to do it from man's experience. No, 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 I'm going to do it by communicating and getting truth from the spirit world, i.e. demons, okay, and, and then it began to be turned into a religion. And that's where we're at tonight, this guy. And basically, this is the guy who's responsible for getting it kick-started. Basically, the occult things that God says don't mess with, mediumship, spiritism, all that stuff, necromancy, all that stuff that God clearly condemns, Old and New Testament. This guy begins to take it at the same time that we just explained the history there. He takes it, and he makes it into a religion in Europe. And then, Lord willing, for still alive and still here, next time we'll get into how did it get launched over here in the Americas. But this is the guy, Alan Kardec, okay, uh, over in Europe. But again, as always, before we get into him and how he now turned basically occult techniques, speaking with demons, into a religion, and I'm telling you, it spread like wildfire. Okay, uh, but let's remind ourselves why God says, do not seek truth from demons. The only place you're going to get truth from, and you and I think it's common sense, right? It's from the Bible, right? But let's remind ourselves that from the Bible, what a concept. Open your Bible to Leviticus 20. Leviticus 20. And, uh, of course, Leviticus was written by... Ooh, and the room was silent. Usually I give you easy ones. James was written by... Yeah. Okay. Rhymes with Moses. Hey, that's right, Moses, the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch. All right, Leviticus 20, verse 1 through 7, right? Let's take a look here, and God uh, has some strong words 
uh, for people that do some particular sins. How many of you guys do sins or something that you shouldn't do? Praise God all for you. The rest of you, I'm glad you're here tonight. We're going to help you out. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, and so he's going to... Now, notice what kind of sins that God has extremely serious words about, right? But let's go ahead and stand as we read God's word. Leviticus 20, verse 1 through 7 says this. And the Lord said to Moses, say to the Israelites, any Israelite or any alien living in Israel who gives any of his children to Molech, what? Must be put to death. Why? Because you're murdering your child. That doesn't go on today, does it? Yeah, it's called abortion, and that basically is the Old Testament equivalent. Molech, as we saw many times before, and if you want to go even deeper than that, get our eight-week study, uh, abortion, the mass murder of children, because that's what's going on. Okay, But Molech was the, the uh, false god, uh, the idol, uh, and behind every idol is a what? Demon, scripturally, we dealt with. And then, but he basically was hollow on the inside, and he had arms out like this, and he'd be uh, heated up from within, piping hot, red hot, and then they would throw their children alive into Molech's arm uh, for a better life. What's the modern equivalent of that? Just as evil, just as wicked. You are murdering your child. You're taking them to a place to have your child murdered so you can have a, quote, so-called better life. It's the same thing. okay? But God says, what? Those people that do that, you must be put to death. In fact, the people in the community are to what? Stone him. And here's what he says, I will what? I will set my face against that man, and I will cut him off from his people for giving his children to Molech. In other words, murdering him. He has defiled my sanctuary and profaned my holy name. Not only that, not only the individual, but if the community keeps their mouth shut on it, this is why you and I need to speak up on these issues, right? If the people of the community close their eyes when that man gives one of his children to Molech, i.e. murders them, and they fail to put him to death, I will what? God says, I'll set my face against that man and his family and cut, uh, will cut off from uh, them, their people, both him and all who follow him, in what? Prostituting themselves to Molech, right? Okay, now, so how many guys have said it's pretty bad? Murdering children, God does not tolerate. You, you do that, you get the death penalty. That, that was the Old Testament standard. God doesn't like this. He doesn't like it today. And we need to speak up today about it as well. But notice right after that, that's pretty serious, man. People throwing their kids alive, murdering them. Into this, whoa. Notice what he says with the same verbiage. I will also what? Set my face against the person who what? Turns to mediums and spiritists. What? It's so commonplace, folks. It's now shows. They've they got whole channels that are devoted to this. I'm not really, I don't even watch it anymore. But remember, they, they had, there's a channel out there called the Travel Channel. Used to be kind of interesting, kind of generic. They'd travel around the world. Oh, that's cool. All the places you wish you'd go, but you'd probably never go. Right? <laughs> Neat concept. But now what is it's all full of what? Ghost hunters, ghost destination, ghost this, ghost that. What's that going to do to travel? <laughs> right? But it's everywhere. But what's God said? I'll set my face against those people who do what? Who do that? Who turns to that? To mediums and spiritists. And who also what? Prostitute himself by following them, and I will cut him off from his people. Wow. And in verse 7, he says, Consecrate or set yourselves apart uh, and be holy because I am the Lord your God. You may be seated if you can. But anyway, again, right up there with murdering a child. Murdering a child. What does God say? The exact same thing. Anybody who would seek out a medium. How many guys would say it's pretty serious? Yeah, just a wee bit, okay. Uh, and again, this is what is behind, in a nutshell, this spiritual movement. Okay, that's what they're doing. They're seeking truth, not from God, not from the Bible. They're seeking it from the, quote, spirit world. You can call it spirit all you want, but it's demonic, okay? 
clearly, and that's what they're doing. Now, lest you be any doubt that that's what God's talking about, let's begin to break down those words there we just read. Medium in the Hebrew there in Leviticus 20 is ob, and it means, listen, a necromancer, one who evokes the dead, the so-called ghost or spirit of a dead one. But again, is that really a person? No, it's demonic. Spiritist in the Hebrew is yidoni, and it means a knower, a soothsayer, a necromancer, one who has a what? A familiar spirit. As we dealt with in great detail in our witchcraft study, when the Bible calls something a familiar spirit, what does that mean? It's a demon being an imposter, right, of a familiar loved one, right? That, okay, that sounded just like and looked just like uh, Uncle Earl. Well, that wasn't Uncle Earl. That was a familiar spirit. That was a demon impersonating him, right? So this tells you, medium spiritists, they're not just trying to evoke the dead, but it tells you who they're working with, a familiar spirit. This is all demonic. That's why God says, don't mess with this stuff. You mess with this stuff, you are opening up spiritual realms, demonic realms that you don't want to mess with. And they're liars, they're characters just like Satan. They will always deceive you and they will lead you away from the only source of truth, i.e. God, 100% of the time. They might even throw in a little bit of to, uh, truth just to trick you to keep going that way and get away from here. But that's what they do. Okay, and now what was God's response to those who do that? He says the phrase there, I will set my face against you. Literally turn against. Okay, if you have the audacity to not turn to me for truth, and you're going to literally listen to demons, because that's what is going on here. Okay, to those who what? Now listen to strong words that he says, the people who do that. Now remember, Israel is supposed to be the people of God. The church were the bride of Christ, right? To anybody that would do that, he says there, you are playing the harlot, right? I like the KJV in that one, and it says, to go a-whoring. We don't typically use that anymore, right, because it stings. But that's what's going on. You're selling yourself out like a prostitute. You're acting like a spiritual whore, to use the term. That's some strong words from God. How dare you sit there and say that you're my child, you belong to me, and now in the New Testament reference, that you're a born-again Christian, you're a bride of Christ, but you go a horn after demons. That's, that, would you say that God's got strong words for people who claim to be his child and get involved in it? Yeah. And he says, I'll turn my face against you. And you know what? If there's one thing you don't ever want God to do is to turn his face against you. Is anybody glad that we're not under the old covenant anymore? Yeah, you better be. Uh, I'm, I'm very appreciative. Whew. Or we all be in a heap of trouble. I think that's Southern Hebrew for uh, big trouble. Okay, But here's the point. That's why God's got strong words for those who dare seek truth from mediums and spiritists. But again, but see, that's what they do. It's the same thing. Satan just repackages it, right? Oh, come on. It's not a demon. It's just, you know, a soothsayer, right? No, it's, no, it's not a demon, right? That's Uncle Earl, right? It's not, that's not a demon. We're not listening to demons, right? Right? I mean, it's just a, a spiritist. No, it's a demon. And that's what they do. They try to tell you that it's a dead person come back to communicate with you, and it's not. Let's take a look at that issue. That is unbiblical. Watch this. Is there such a thing as ghosts? The answer to this question depends on what precisely is meant by the term ghost. If the term means spirit beings, the answer is a qualified yes. If the term means spirits of people who have died, the answer is no. 
The Bible makes it abundantly clear that there are spirit beings, both good and evil. But the Bible negates the idea that the spirits of deceased human beings can remain on earth and haunt the living. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27 declares, Man is destined to die once, and after that to face judgment. That is what happens to a person's soul spirit after death. Judgment. The result of this judgment is heaven for the believer, Philippians chapter 1 verse 23, and hell for the unbeliever, Matthew chapter 25 verse 46. There is no in-between. There is no possibility of remaining on earth in spirit form as ghosts. If there is such things as ghosts according to the Bible, they absolutely cannot be dismembered spirits of deceased human beings. The Bible teaches very clearly that there are indeed spirit beings who can connect with and appear in our physical world. The Bible identifies these beings as angels and demons. Angels are spirit beings who are faithful in serving God. Angels are righteous, good, and holy. Demons are fallen angels, angels who rebelled against God. Demons are evil, deceptive, and destructive. According to 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 14 through 15, demons masquerade as angels of light and as servants of righteousness. Demons only seek to kill, steal, and destroy. John chapter 10, verse 10. They will do anything within their power to deceive people, to lead people away from God. This is very likely the explanation of ghostly activity today. Whether it is called a ghost, a ghoul, or a poltergeist, if there is genuine evil spiritual activity occurring, it is the work of demons. What about instances in which ghosts act in positive ways? What about psychics who claim to summon the deceased and gain true and useful information from them? Again, it is crucial to remember that the goal of demons is to deceive if the result is that people trust in a psychic instead of God, a demon will be more than willing to reveal true information. Even good and true information, if from a source with evil motives, can be used to mislead, corrupt, and destroy. Interest in the paranormal is becoming increasingly common. There are individuals and businesses that claim to be ghost hunters, who for a price will rid your home of ghosts. Psychics, seances, tarot cards, and mediums are increasingly considered normal. Human beings are innately aware of the spiritual world. Sadly, instead of seeking the truth about the spirit world by communing with God and studying His word, many people allow themselves to be led astray by the spirit world. The demons surely laugh at the spiritual mass deception that exists in the world today. Yep, that's exactly what's going on. That's why God says don't mess with this stuff. Right? Notice how they'll sprinkle a little bit of truth in there just to bait you and then hook you eventually to what? Eventually, you'll take a full turn away from here. And they got you. Got you by the throat. Okay? And yet, even though God's warning about messing around with this, seeking so-called truth, wisdom, whatever you want to call it, advice, future events from medium spiritists, which is demonic. It's been there for over 2,000 years just in the New Testament, like in the Old Testament. Once again, this trend that man turned away. The Bible in the 1600s, nope, that's not where we're going to get truth anymore. I'm going to use man's brain, man's experience. I'm going to combine it with spiritualism because I know there's got to be a spirit world out there, but it's from the demon world. Okay, not a good combo. Uh, and then this guy he began to turn it into flat out this spiritualism into a religion, Alan Kardec, okay? And again, uh, basically, he called it, wait for this, spiritism. Well, that's, it's okay then. 
Now, supplant this word spirit with what really is going on. It's demonism. But see, that's what the enemy always does. He repackages, relabels, right? And so he calls it spiritism, and that's basically all this occult technique, mediumship, spiritism, communicating with the dead, necromancy, all that stuff, using the occult and all that stuff. He turned it into a religion. In fact, believe it or not, uh, recently they came out with a movie on this guy and promoting him like, man, this guy was one of the greatest benefits of mankind. He basically took what God forbid, all this demonic necromancy and stuff, but he turned it into a wonderful religion for all of us to set us free. Here's portion of that trailer of this movie. It's a recent movie. Watch this. All over Paris, people everywhere are going mad over this table phenomenon. Despair in this darkened world. That alone could explain this belief in otherworldly spirits. Let's put an end to this farce. that i need a method a rational scientific study based on facts i put forward the same question to different mediums if the answer i received was the same then we would have to assume the answer came from one singular origin the world is moving toward a revolution one that will define our lives to come i give you the spirits book a toast huh what a service he gave us the spirit book we don't need this book he gave us the spirit book. And you're going to see, he be, well, I'm going to use what? Science, a man's brain, rationalism. And I'm going to figure it out by experience, empiricism. And I'm going to use that as the tool to come up with a new religion called spiritism. That's all he did. And it's all outside the Bible. And how many guys would say it's destined to crash and burn? Exactly. Unfortunately, it's still going on, but it will lead to people crashing and burning because you're messing with the spirit world. So let's get into this guy. That's basically what he did. This Alan Kardec guy, he was a renowned French educator, and he codified spiritism. In other words, he made it into a religion. So he took a lot of this interest that was going on at this time, little pieces here, pieces there, and he kind of put it into a system, systematized uh, uh, methodology. Now, and remember, if you remember back in our witchcraft study, that's exactly why uh, what really helped to propagate witchcraft in Europe and America is we had key figures that we dealt with. They took witchcraft from here and a little hodgepodge over here in this book, and people would take pieces and bits of this and spells and this, and they began to codify them, right? Same thing, into a logical kind of format, and they still use those in witchcraft today. Well, that's what he did with spiritism, as you saw, speaking with demons, necromancy, and things of that nature. Uh, he did the exact same thing. He did this after studying uh, so-called unexplained phenomena that was taking place at the time in Paris, over there in Europe in the 1850s. He was attending seances, and he said, well, these have got to be uh, intelligent spirits. That's right, whoever said that, that's really what they are. Uh, and actually, the word, the rough Greek for the word demon, the irony of him saying that, demonion means intelligent ones. These guys are intelligent. Right? And then on the one hand, they really don't have to be too intelligent because they've seen us for the last 6,000 years, been observing us, and they know what makes us tick, strengths and weaknesses. And all they got to do is wait for the next generation to die off, and they repackage the same old line, and we fall for it. Right? So, but that's kind of ironic. His real name, watch this, was Hippolyte Leon Denizard Kardec. But he went with the pen name Alan Kardec. Not to be confused with Alex Trebek. He's a Canadian. <laughs> But I had to explain that because I knew that was going through your brain, right? 
but anyway, you can see why he apparently changed the name Hippolyte Leon Denizard Kardec because have fun spelling that in kindergarten. Right? No, actually, you're going to see one of these demons told him to do it. We'll see that here in a second. Okay, but he's dabbling these occult practices with his brain. He's looking at it so-called scientifically, man's brain, with his experience, and he's going to codify it into a religion. That's his approach here. Now, what he produced was these things called the spiritist, basically take the word spiritist and what? Demon, demonist codification books is really what you should call that. But these are the books that he provided and people still, unfortunately, utilize today. Uh, And these books, quote, Tagline, a new era for humanity. Yeah, you can open up demonic doors you don't want to mess with, but that's what's going on. He was born in France in 1804 as a, here it is, Roman Catholic. So obviously he had a great biblical foundation. Sarcasm to make a point. No, unfortunately he didn't, right? Uh, So he was raised Roman Catholic. Uh, He pursued interests initially in philosophy and sciences, you know, man's brain to figure out truth. We don't need that Bible anymore. And he married this lady, her name was Amelie Gabrielle. I didn't say it, you did. Uh, that's all I'm going to say, right? Uh, Boud- is it uh, Boudouin or is it Boudet? You know, as they say, you know, in Arkansas when I grew up, I don't know. But that's who he married. Uh, after his death, she took over the spiritist religion, basically demons, okay? Uh, and it beca- she became the world-leading authority, and it went international. We'll see that here in a second. But in the 1850s, he met this guy named Mr. Fortier. He was a magnetizer. I'll get to that in a second. What's a magnetizer? That's a guy. Have you guys ever done that? Yeah, two magnets there. That's just like cheap. Remember before cable came along? That's what you did growing up, man. Right? <laughs> Except my family, we couldn't afford magnets. We only wish we could have a magnet. No, anyway, but whatever. So, no, we'll get into what, what's a magnetizer uh, here in a second, and it has to do with occult behavior. So he meets this guy who's a magnetizer. He introduces him uh, to a lady named Madame de Plémousson. Uh Okay, uh, that sounds legit, but I probably butchered it. So, and we do have one of our online families in Paris, so she'll let me know. Uh, but anyway, so, uh, but she was a medium who lived in Paris, right? So he's now getting involved in this mesmerism stuff, mesmerists, animal magnetism. We'll get to that in a second. And then he's brought into a medium. He's doing seances. Not a good combo, but that's what started getting him from philosophy and science. And now he's going to take his science. He's going to figure out what's going on with this weird, strange, spiritual stuff, right? Okay, now you're talking mesmerism. Let's deal with that. We dealt with this in great detail in our New Age study. You guys remember that? You got it all memorized? Yeah, praise God for not lying. Okay, uh, but anyway, he, uh, mesmerism came from this guy. You ever heard the term mesmerize? It's from this guy, Franz Mesmer. And he was involved in occult behavior, and as you can tell, he's very happy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's the fruit of it. Uh, but this came to this guy. Mesmerism, animal magnetism, mesmerized, came from this guy, Franz Mesmer. Uh, he promoted the idea that there was an invisible force. Okay, now again, this is one of the guys that influenced Kardec, who turned this into a religion. All right? But Mesmer, uh, he said there was an invisible force that possessed all living things, listen, including humans, animals, and, quote, vegetables. Which is why still to this day I do not eat Brussels sprouts. No, I don't eat them because they stink. I don't know if you guys have been around my house. I've got a very simple rule. I think it's simple. I think it's profound. I think it's healthy. And I'll share it with you tonight. Fresh bread, except for that down there. But fre- <laughs> when it comes to vegetables, very simple. If it stinks when you cook it, don't eat it. Right? Well, Brussels sprouts, those are rat brains, man. 
That's sick. Cold flour? What's that? Meringue from a cat? That's sick. That stink. Don't eat it. How do you get up there and go, oh, Brussels sprouts? Mm, that, smells, that smells delicious. Right. Anyway, so I digress. So he said there was this invisible force that was in everything, people, animals, and vegetables. Okay. But seriously, Mesmer said this force could have a physical effect on, here's the deal. Here's what he went out and did. He said, okay, there's a spiritual force in everything. And then if we could just tap into that force, and he had his techniques, we'll see in a second, then it will provide healing. Now pay attention to that because we're going to go somewhere to modern days today. Okay. But healing, okay? And, uh, but basically, you looked at his techniques, this mesmerism, and it's old-fashioned occult behavior, including this thing, don't you? Uh, and I'll just be blunt with you. In my opinion, don't ever let anyone, I don't care if it's in the medical community, secular uh, psychology, don't let anybody ever hypnotize you, ever. It's an old-fashioned occult technique all the way back into Egypt, as we'll see here in a second. But this is what Mesmer was doing. He was mesmerizing people. And then his techniques, which is the occult, was supposed to provide healing. And we're going to see that's being done today, but let's take a look at them. In Paris, medical astrologer Franz Anton Mesmer stumbled almost by accident upon hypnosis. At the time, Mesmer was experimenting with magnets as a means of curing illness. Well, Franz Mesmer uh, would have people sit in a tub, and he used magnets with these tubs, and it was often referred to as anal magnetism, which is interesting because magnets have recycled again today, and medical doctors are using electromagnetism as a way of healing. Mesmer first believed that the magnets exerted the invisible force of animal magnetism. Later, he thought that the force emanated from within him, and he abandoned the magnets. In actuality, Mesmer had only rediscovered another lost occult art. The first induced hypnotic performance, recorded on papyrus in a British museum, was given at the court of Khufu in Egypt over 5,000 years ago. Later, seers at the Greek oracle of Delphi used self-hypnosis to foresee the future. Modern hypnosis, as practiced in the United States, uh, begins with Franz Mesmer. But if you go back even further, every culture has a way of going into a trance. It could be using music, it could be using dance, uh, it could be sitting in meditation. His treatment became popular in the 1770s, and Mesmer's fame quickly spread as scores of patients claimed themselves cured through mesmerism. He was able to put people under in, in a trance and um, suggest to them things that were good, like getting better, like healing. Uh, he became famous for that, and they actually had to have a committee of scientists, and that was actually uh, Ben Franklin was one of the committee who tried to decide whether anything about this was real or not. Hmm. Hypnotism, classic technique. Remember in our witchcraft uh, study, we dealt with the history Right after the, unfortunately, about approximately 200 years after the flood, mankind starts to go out, but they rebelled against God, Babylon, the Tower of Babel, right? And we saw they didn't just rebel against God to make this tower, as we saw based on the archaeological remains within just 200 years. Babylon, no wonder Revelation calls it the mother of all harlots, false religions, because out of Babylon, they all stayed there. God had to confuse the languages to get them to scatter, to obey, repopulate the planet like he said to. They weren't doing that. But we saw by the archaeological records there that it was full of witchcraft. I mean, heavy-duty witchcraft is all over there. So within 200 years, you're already back into that. Isn't that insane? But then we saw, we traced the trail from Babylon, it went to Egypt. 
So this is classic old cult technique, hypnotism, and this is what uh, is going on with mesmerism. And he used this in various parts of the world. Uh, again, it was to treat illnesses and humans and animals and you name it. And dare I say, I think a form of this is going on today. Uh, once again, going to have to kick it in the charismatic community. Okay, I think a lot of, and again, what's the focus on the charismatic community? You come and you're not going to get an experience. We're not even going to teach the word of God. It's what? They're heavy duty on what? Healing. And of course, in order to go get your healing, you got to go to this conference that you got to pay money to and whatever. Uh, and again, uh, these people say that, uh, uh, you know, but, but it's the spirit of God. Really? Now, I think some of the things that these guys do, and I'm not going to reteach through our 42-week study, Charismatic Chaos and the Untold History of the Charismatic Movement. Is my glad besides me? Uh, yeah, but uh, thank you, John, for that vote of non-confidence, pal. First it was the Velveeta jacket, now it's this. I don't know, it's just a rough week, man, I'll tell you. But I'll make it, I'll make it. But anyway, uh, but anyway so uh, basically what we've been seeing is, and what we saw there, is they call it Christian, uh, the Spirit of God, but it's not. And you look at a lot of their behavior they're literally putting people into an altered state of consciousness. Now, if you saw in the video, they said this is a classic technique. Hypnotism was one of them. That what? Gets you into what? A trance-like state. What's that? Uh, it's not just a highly suggestible state. It's you're in an altered state of consciousness. As we saw before, when you get into an altered state of consciousness, what doors are you opening up? Spiritual doors. That's what the occult does. And they admittedly do it because they want to connect with the, quote, spirits, i.e. demons. But he says there, it's not just hypnotism, okay? What you can also do to get people into this altered consciousness, this trance-like state, this hypnotized state, is music, dance, and meditation, right? So again, go back to modern days. Again, the focus is on healing and things of that nature. Also, the focus is on uh, go to these so-called services. You, you don't really even get a sermon. It's what? We play what? Music and dancing repeatedly again and again and again, and you wait for some spiritual thing to show up, you might get your healing or all kinds of weird stuff. What's that got to do with studying the Bible? Rhymes with nothing. But that's really what this was all about. But basically, repetitive speaking, repetitive dancing, repetitive movement, repetitive shouting, all that put to repetitive music, just like the occult does. And I, I, I don't doubt that you're going to have some sort of spiritual experience. But that doesn't mean it's the Spirit of God. Okay? I think a lot of what goes on is chicanery, uh, as we saw before. Uh, but I do think sometimes these people do connect with the Spirit because they are doing practices that get people into a trance-like state. And if they're not a Christian, that means they're going to be possessed and can be possessed. Or even if they are a Christian, they're going to be demonically deceived. Okay. But once again, since we're on this topic again, okay, that when you follow the occult practices, just because you slap Christianese on it doesn't make it godly. When you take a look at the practices of the charismatic community, a lot of it is exactly carbon copy of occult practices. Let's take a look at this real quick.
Marilah kita selalu ketawa untuk diri, untuk orang lain, ketawa untuk keluarga, masyarakat, dunia, dan negara. Makanya apapun yang kita cari di dunia ini, kita menjadi orang pintar, menjadi orang kaya, ujung-ujungnya adalah kebahagiaan. Okay.
Indonesia. I got a theory that goes like this. I don't know. If you uh, do the exact same techniques and methodology of the occult to get people into a trance-like state to open up spiritual doors through repetitive speaking, repetitive dancing, put to repetitive music, then what do you think is going to happen? That. But it's okay because we say it's the Holy Spirit of God. And then once in a while, like mesmerism... People might have even have a healing. So it's got to be from God. This is the chicanery uh, that's going on uh, today. But this is one of the things, back to Kardec, this is what was influencing him at the time, right? He started going to these seances. He's seeing this weird behavior. Here comes at the same time this trend. Because remember, everybody's what? By this time, for almost 200 years, they're getting off of this. And they're trying to figure out with their brain and their experience, but they know enough there's still a spirit world, and so they're basically going blind and now starting to be deceived by demons. So he's into this mesmerism and thing is, well, there's got to be something to it because we're seeing a positive effects on people in some cases. They seem to get healed and, and things of that nature and just like today, okay? And, but he was influenced by another guy, okay? It wasn't just uh, Franz Mesmer, okay? Another one that influenced him was uh, this guy. By the way, I call these guys modern-day mesmerists, right? Because in order for you to get the healing from Franz Mesmer, you know what you had to do? Had to pay. Even that technique's copied. Apparently, they're doing pretty well. You're going to stand accountable to God, I'll tell you that one. Uh, but basically, Alan Kardec, he was influenced by this other guy. This guy's Emanuel Swedenborg. Again, we dealt with him in our New Age study. He's basically considered the father of New Age movement. Okay, Swedenborg, at the age of 56, claimed to have experienced visions of the spirit world. Listen, he claimed to have talked to angels and devils, and he even claimed to visit heaven and hell. What does that sound like? If you were there for our 42-week study, the same thing that comes out of the charismatic movement. Yeah, uh, which is all unbiblical, uh, right? He also claimed that he was, a direct, he was directed by the Lord Jesus Christ to reveal doctrines of a second coming. Swedenborg experienced many different dreams and visions, uh, some greatly pleasurable, some highly disturbing. Uh, he was in a private room uh, in London one time. By the end of the meal, a darkness fell upon his eyes. The room shifted character. Suddenly, he saw a person sitting in the corner of the room telling him, do not eat too much. He got scared, ran home later that night. The, quote, same man appeared in his dreams. The man told Swedenborg that he was the Lord. Uh, yeah, the Lord of hell, maybe. Uh, but uh, anyway, so and that he had appointed Swedenborg to reveal the spiritual meaning of the Bible and that he would guide Swedenborg what to write. Right? See, so now he, he is so deep in the spiritual thing that only he was told by God himself that only he had the supernatural knowledge to tell you what this book really meant. What does that sound like? Same thing again. Uh, and I didn't put this together to kick the charismatic community again, but it's just coming out that way. It's the same verbiage, man. Same practices, same ideas, same methodology. It's, it's unfortunate. Uh, Swedenborg, though, however, uh, warned against uh, continually contacting, quote, spirits, the demons. He said many persons believe that man can be taught by the Lord by means of the spirit speaking to him. But he warned against it. 
but those who believe this and desire to do so are not aware that it is associated with the danger to their souls. Now, on the one hand, he at least admitted this is a dangerous path to go, but he still did it anyway, unfortunately. But what did he just say? Let me quote that. Persons believe that they can be taught by the Lord by means of spirit speaking to him. That's dangerous, he said. What does that sound like? Right? I don't need this. The Spirit of God's telling me to tell you. I, he's telling me to tell you to told you to. I don't want. Listen, if I want to know something that God's going to tell me, I'm going to read the Bible. But I want to hear it out loud. Then read the Bible out loud. We've talked about this before. How many times? I don't need you. God told me to tell you to tell you to. That's the same thing we said. Listen, if you're listening to a. Listen, this is the only thing you need to listen to. Because this is objective. You could, you could test it. You could see it. It says it. It doesn't. But somebody with their experience, yeah, but I was there in the shower, and you, you weren't there, man. Uh, 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 I had a vision of a lemon, and it landed on my head. And then uh, uh, Mr. Magoo came in flying through the window with a pair of wings. He looked like a cherubim, and he gave me this special message. He, what? How do, how do you test that? I wasn't there, right? You, but you can test the Word of God. But anyway, he even had enough sense to say that that was not... Uh, something good. But back to this guy, again, Kardec. So these are, the, what's going on? He's the rationalist movement, the empiricism. A couple hundred years now, people are off the Bible. I'm going to figure out with my brain truth. I'm going to figure out with my experience. Now I'm coming across these seances, this weird spiritual behavior. And at the same time, you got this, there's, there seems to be something positive with this mesmerism stuff. People seem to be getting healed. There's, there's got to be something to it, right? And then here comes this other guy, uh, Swedenborg, and, and he seems to be having some success. And so that's his other influence. And he says, you know what? I'm going to approach this scientifically. And I'm going to provide to the world a safe way to approach this. His religion uh, is basically, okay, uh, and, and again, uh, this led to uh, the methodology because he's now attending seances on a regular basis. He's trying to formulate it, put it together, categorize it, whatever, and of course, he's using these things. I think that's going to help. Don't need the Bible. Just need one of those. Now, back in the day, they called them talking boards. Uh, we may even have a whole study on this later because this is one of the biggest ways to open up demons into your home, your life. Don't you ever mess with this thing. But this isn't the only way to open up doors to demons. We just saw you wanted to get into a trance, you get hypnotized, you can dance, repetitive, but this one will definitely do it too. Now, the talking boards is what they uh, uh, called them, but we call them what today? Ouija boards, right? Now, actually, and again, I don't want, we got to move on, but we'll get into this later. This is a French word that means yes, we... And this is a German word that means yes, ja, okay, ja wohl, whatever. But uh, that yes, yes, okay. But that's where it came from, okay. Oh, and you'll be happy to know that they're making them today for girls, and they're pink and they're cool. Wouldn't you like to have one too? Uh, but again, so so this is what this guy's doing. Uh, now he, he begins to say, you know what? I'm going to approach this thing again scientifically. I'm going to explain this to everybody because there seems to be some positive things taking place, right? And so here's what he did. He compiled over 1,000 questions concerning the nature and the mechanisms of spirit communication, you know, using these things amongst other things in seances. Uh, and, and, and they were going to give us the reasons for human life on earth and aspects of the spirit realm. So again, he's going to occult techniques to explain the spirit world with his brain and his experience outside the Bible. Do you think that's going to end up good? No, but that's what he did. Okay, now here's what he did. Here was his methodology, his scientific approach. He asked those questions, these thousand questions, concerning nature and life and man and all that stuff in the spirit world. 
He asked them to, not the Bible, not to God. He didn't study that book. No, sorry. Uh, but to 10 mediums who supposedly were unknown to each other, and he documented their responses scientifically. And from these, he concluded that these, person, these people they were contacting were, quote, personalities that had survived death. Dead people still contact. Is that biblical? No, your first deception. Uh, he then became convinced that the mediums provided accurate information unknown to themselves or others present, like personal information about deceased individuals. Yeah, you think the demons don't know that, right? Uh, he said the mediums demonstrate unlearned skills such as writing by illiterate mediums and handwriting similar to alleged communication personality because uh, now you're possessed and the demons can do that as we saw before. He also said that mediums accurately portrayed a range of personality characteristics of deceased individuals. Yeah, it's called a familiar spirit. They impersonate, they lie. Right? They can do the whole tone, inflection, language, you name it. Okay? Uh, and who do you think was around? We don't just have God's holy angels around when we're alive. What else has been floating around? Demons. So do you think they know our family history? Do you think they know all of our loved ones? From the born up, they've experienced spiritual warfare just like we still do. So guess who has all that knowledge? Right? But he thought, man, this seems to be legit. Right? Okay? Uh, but that's the problem. Uh, he was basically legitimizing this occult technique that God forbids, don't mess with it. Uh, you're prostituting yourself. How dare you get away from me and what I say is truth, and then you're going to seek truth from this. But he's, he's turned into a religion, and it's got to be true because he looked at it scientifically. Uh, but basically, this is, again, the books that he came up with. You can see one was called The Spirit's Book, The Medium's Book, The Gospel According to Spiritism. <laughs> Rhymes with false gospel. Right? Uh, heaven and hell. Yeah, I'm sure all the demons will tell you the truth about heaven and hell. Yeah, whatever. And, of course, uh, the, the Genesis uh, aspect is there as well. But basically, uh, again, uh, the irony is uh, he called these the spiritist book. But where did he get everyone, every little piece of this? From demons. He got this information, all these books compiled to develop this new religion called spiritism, which is basically connecting, contacting, listening, gauging truth by demons. He got it all from mediums who were speaking forth from demons. So every one of those books came from demons. But again, that's what we need. That's what mankind needs. That's why we just recently did a movie about this guy because he gave us the spirit books. We don't need this. That's what's going to help humanity. A new era for humanity. Are you kidding me? It's nuts. Okay, but that's, that's basically what he did and developed all that. Now, he died in 19, uh, 1869 from an aneurysm. After his death, he was buried uh, in the largest seminary in Paris. They still have a shrine to him. In fact, here's the actual photo of it. And on the shrine, the scripture reads, quote, to be born, to die, to be reborn, and to keep, quote, progressing, that is the law. Well, he found out the hard way that's not true because Hebrews 9.27 again says it is appointed man to die once. You ain't coming back. Reincarnation and your idea of coming back again and getting it right again the next time and the next time and the next time, uh, it's not true um, because, again, that's what the demons told you, but it's not from God. Uh, but he found out the hard way uh, that there is no such thing as reincarnation. But notice how he what? He brings it into, uh, he merges it, basically reincarnation to what? Evolution. That we are evolving spiritually. Right? Uh, and again, that's a big uh, false teaching of the New Age movement, which actually 
uh, a lot of the so-called space brothers orbiting the planet, demons, that are telling people right now, when you see the disappearance of millions of people in one afternoon, uh, it was us. We beamed them up in our UFOs. And for you who have stayed behind... Oh, oh, by the way, the only way to contact these space brothers who are supposed to be aliens with a highly advanced technology, you have to what? Become a medium and let them take over your vocal cords. Shocker. Okay, and we've already dealt with that in great detail in our other studies. Uh, But basically, they're not only explaining away the rapture of the church before the rapture happens to get that implanted into people's brains, but they're saying for those who are left behind, you're a chosen one. The reason why we had to beam those people that disappeared up is because here it is. They weren't spiritually evolved enough. You who've been left behind, it's a good thing because you've demonstrated that you have evolved to a higher spiritual plane and you can handle the age of utopia that's coming. Sounds nuts to you and I, but for the average Joe, do you think they're going to fall for it? Absolutely, unfortunately, as well. So that's, that's what uh, uh, he did there. Now, what's interesting is today, again, his wife took over when he died. You think, well, that just dropped like a hot rock. That was a fad. No, it's still going on, his spiritism, in 35 different countries. They have what's called the International Spiritist Council. You might as well call it the International Demon Council, right? It's inf- influenced, listen, a social movement of, here it is, healing centers. So again, they use this techniques. It's got to be legit. It's got to be good. Let's be pragmatic about it. Some people get healed. Well, there is such a thing as false lying signs, wonders, and miracles and things of that nature, but it doesn't mean it's from the Spirit of God. Okay? Uh, but they also do hospitals, uh, dozens of uh, 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 communities. It's also launched other spiritual uh, uh, religions. This one's called Umbanda. That's a syncretic Afro-Brazilian religion, all in the cold. I thought this was interesting, too. It also spawned this one in 1926, Cao Dai. This is a Vietnamese religion started in 1926 by three mediums who claimed to receive messages that identified Allen Kardec as a prophet of a new universal religion. And, of course, what's one of their big icons there? The all-seeing eye that we saw before goes all the way back to Babylon once again and uh, is even on our dollar, and one of these days we'll probably get to that uh, as well. Uh, what's up with that? Okay, but how do we know this is not from God? I mean, they say it's, good, it's pragmatic, and how, how do we know that the, you know, we shouldn't be listening to this? Well, first of all, the main idea of spiritism is that immortal spirits travel from one body to another over several lifetimes. Is that what the Bible says? You get one shot, right? Okay, but it's also to improve themselves morally and intellectually. So again, we don't get to come back. This is your one shot. Uh, now, a little bit different there, reincarnation... Uh, Hinduism and the Eastern religions, their definition of reincarnation is you come back, which is not biblical, but they say you can come back as anything, a tree to a flea to a bee to another person. Spiritism takes a little bit of a turn. They only say it can only be a person. It's still wrong, but uh, that's why we know it isn't uh, true. Spiritism also claims that disembodied spirits can have good or bad effects on the living and that humans can communicate with spirits through seances and mediums. So again, they condone these practices that God says don't you dare do with. They also believe that Jesus, that's how he performed his miracles. Right? Uh, he, he was able to tap in the same power that Franz Mesmer tapped into and, and the spiritists and that nature. Okay? And again, they say, well, we're not even a religion. We're just a way of life because we have, quote, no ministers. And our group meetings consist of just sharing ideas about spirits how they may or may not be moving in the world and the results of those movements. Okay? So basically, they took the occult, they repackaged it, 
kind of made it into a quasi-scientific approach to create a pragmatic religion. There's got to be good in it because we're seeing some sort of positive effects there. And again, the problem, the fatal flaw in all this is what? You're trying to understand the spiritual world outside of what? The one who created everything, including angels, which unfortunately one-third of them rebelled and became fallen angels who were duping these people. And we still have to deal with it. And God tells you not to do it because he doesn't want you to be deceived, but that's what these basically uh, are doing uh, today. Okay, But since people don't want to seek God's truth and about the spirit and his world even today, this new spiritual movement began to get uh, uh, going crazy, not just here in Europe, okay, but then it really began to come into play in America. Now, who we're going to see that once again uh, in America, Lord willing, next time uh, is with these ladies, the Fox sisters. There was actually three of them. We'll talk about Lord willing. And they're the ones that not only got this really popular, he did the job over in Europe, Alan Kardec. These guys brought it here to America. And it was so powerful that these guys, the Fox sisters, were directly responsible of getting this into the White House. I'm talking full-blown seances. It is not a conspiracy theory. And this goes all the way back to even Pierce, which is, I think, two presidents before Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln, believe it or not, allowed seances in the White House because of his wife and things of that nature. And as we will see, Lord willing, it hasn't stopped. And after I, and I'm telling you, when I, the initial research, I'm going, Trump warned us that D.C. was a swamp. But when you see this next one, it's an occult swamp. And it started with this spiritist movement getting away from the Bible, trying to understand the spirit world outside the Bible, and it has never left our government since. And we'll talk about that, or really next time. But before we go, let's remind ourselves why God says, don't mess with this stuff, right? It's not good. And the encouragement is, if you know somebody, or if you've messed with this stuff, you need to, if you're not saved, get saved. There's only one who could rescue you from this demonic deception, that's Jesus Christ, Okay? Uh, don't listen to these demons. That's what they are. I don't care who they tell you what it is. I don't care if it looks like your loved one, Cleopatra, whoever. Uh, it's not. Okay? You need to turn to Jesus Christ. You need to get right with him, and he'll rescue you, like he did with this guy. Watch this. When I was in it, I felt like I was someone else. People were afraid of me, and that felt good. Rigo Cambrai believed the occult gave him significance something he'd never felt while growing up with a violent, alcoholic father. I remember just feeling anxious that he was coming back home. He would make sure that my homework was done. He would make sure that my room was clean. And if there was a mistake, he would just blow off and hit me, punch me. That scene would play out nearly every day of his childhood. Along with his mom and older brother, Rigo felt helpless. Isn't he supposed to love me? Isn't he supposed to care about me? I'm, you know, his child. At 13, Rigo found something to take the edge off. My uncle came upstairs. He had a bag of coke. He snorted in front of us, and he's like, you want some? I felt numbed. It took away the fear of living life every day at home. As a teen growing up in Chicago, Rigo spent his time getting high and hanging out with members of the Latin Kings the largest Hispanic street gang in the world. 
I belonged somewhere. I felt appreciated. I was getting positive uh, affirmations to them, and that helped me. That I felt love. But at 17, Rigo started getting death threats from a rival gang. So he and his family moved near relatives in L.A. After high school, he married his girlfriend. But because of his drug use, the marriage fell apart within a few years. My ex-wife left me. Then I came across meth. After that, it was game over for me. I lost my job, lost my cars. He spent the next six months on the streets while stealing money from his parents for drugs. They found out and sent him to stay with his grandfather in his small Mexican village to get clean. There, Rigo's grandfather sought help from the village's spiritual healers. He'd take me to a warlock. He had kind of like an altar. He had an offering basket in front of him, and he, he pointed at me. He said a lot of personal things that only I knew were real. And I'm like, this guy's good. And he just gave me some anxiety. He's like, go home, you're going to be fine. Two months later, Rigo moved back in with his parents. On top of his drug addiction, he now had a new obsession. The first time I opened the, the book on the Ouija board, I literally felt something come inside my body. I was connecting to something. His mother, Dahlia, had been on her own spiritual journey and had surrendered her life to Jesus Christ. She prayed for Rigo constantly. A lot of people that look at him used to tell me that there was no hope. But I believe in somebody and I say, the only one who can save him is Jesus, nobody else. Still, Rigo delved deeper into the occult and was even communicating with spirits through a Ouija board. It was telling me to give up something. I was desperate for, for change and I was desperate to, to find acceptance. So if the devil was willing to take me, I'd give you my soul. He became violent then started lashing out. This wicked spiritual thing was my identity. And I was asking this thing, it gave me more gifts. I want to be able to see people in their faces and I want them to have a stroke. Like I, want, I just want to kill people. Then, one night, the spirits he thought cared for him turned on him. This thing just came inside and was telling me to commit suicide. And I remember waking up with a, a knife in my chest Something was stopping it from going all the way in, but the tip of the knife was touching my chest. That was my turning point. I was fearful. I didn't want to die. Rigo asked his mother to have people pray for him, and he agreed to go to church with her. After like being tormented by this spirit that wanted to kill me, I felt peace for the first time when I was hearing them worship God. There was a lady, and she saw me way at the back, and she invited me to the front. And she just looked at my eyes and said, be set free in Jesus' name. I went there high on meth. That high went away. The voices went away. Every, all that torment went away. I felt God's conviction telling me, I'm real. That's when I knew that I was saved. After asking Jesus into his heart, Rigo embraced his new identity as a child of God. I felt God's love in me. And I remember looking at my mom and telling her, my life is not going to be the same after this. He made amends with his father. You know, you were not the best person, but I decided to love you. I decided to forgive you. My son was a different person. 
puedo decir lo que el diablo
The Bible says you shall not murder. And you might think, well, hey, at least I haven't done that one. Really? Again, the Bible says that the sin of hatred, wishing somebody was dead, okay, that, that's the same thing. Uh, it's akin to the sin of murder. It's just you pulled the trigger in your heart, but God sees the heart. Hey, folks, that's just five out of ten. How are you doing? You still think you're going to get to heaven on your own? You still think that you're qualified, that you're holy like God, and you could bridge the gap and have a relationship with Him forever? I don't think so. I mean, what did we just see? You're going to stand before God, and so am I. We all are. And we're going to have to give an account for who we are. Hey, hey, God, let me in. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a liar. I, I'm a thief. I'm a blasphemer. I'm an adulterer. I'm a murderer. And the scripture is very clear, folks. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of God. We're in trouble. But folks, here's the good news. The Bible says that if we would just admit that, that's the first step. To admit that God is holy, that I'm not, I'm disqualified for heaven. I need a savior. If we would admit that and then ask for the Savior to save us. That's what God was doing with Jesus. God gave us His Son, Jesus Christ. He took the death penalty in our place so that we could be completely forgiven of everything we've ever done and be made holy through Jesus so that we can now have a relationship with God both here and now and forever in heaven. We can become qualified. The word that the Bible uses is a word called pardon that God is willing to pardon us of all of our sins and crimes that we've committed against Him and disqualified us, that disqualified us for heaven, right? And we've actually seen this work in real life. Uh, for instance, uh, there's been people who have committed crimes, gone to court, the gavel's been passed, the judge has said, hey, listen, we all know you're guilty, uh, you even admit you're guilty, and uh, for your crimes, you're going to not just jail, you're going to uh, await in jail to go to the death penalty, And did you know that there actually is a way that somebody could get off of death row? It's called a pardon. The one in the authority, the governor, can grant what's called a pardon for that person's crimes, and they literally can go free. Not because of something they did, because the deeds are already done, you can't undo it. Not because they tried to clean up their act while they were stuck in the jail cell, because that doesn't change anything. But simply out of mercy... The person who has the authority can give them a pardon and they can go free. And did you know it's actually on historical record that there have been people who have been granted a pardon from the death penalty and they've refused to take it. And so even though the offer was there to be set free, they themselves still had to go to the death penalty. Folks, in a nutshell, that's what God's doing every single day with all of us this side of heaven. While you still have breath, you still have an opportunity to receive God's pardon. He's willing to forgive you of all your sins if you would just receive His pardon through Jesus Christ. Again, that's what He was doing on the cross. The cross was the death penalty of the day. But since we weren't there, and since we can't earn it, it's a gift from God, you have to receive that by faith. Reach out even today from your own spiritual jail cell, if you will, and say yes to Jesus and God's pardon so that you can be set free and go to heaven. The Bible says that if you will confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the grave, you will be saved. Hey folks, if that's you, don't delay. You may not even have tomorrow. Today could be your last day. Please accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Confess with your mouth He is Lord. Believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the grave and the Bible says you will be saved.
Well, this has been Billy Crone of Gill Life Ministries. If there's anything that we could do for you, our information and, and number will come up here shortly. And please don't hesitate to contact us. But remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless.